His father did as well, releasing his hold on Vlad to move closer to the beer. I cannot tell you how it grieves me to see you in such pain, much less to witness the loss of such a precious young woman as Elisabetta. I know. Your friend, the foreign woman, she told you what transpired? Vlad nodded. Rhiannon is an old friend, and a dear one. She said she arrived here for a visit, just after I was called to defend our borders. So she did. We put her up. Fussy one she is, and I don't believe she thought highly of your chosen bride. Were the two of you... As close as any two people can be, Vlad told him. But we had no claims on each other. She would not have been jealous. She called the princess a... Now what was the word she used? Ah, yes, a whiner, the king said softly. To her face, no less. Vlad nodded, not doubting it. When word came that you'd been killed on the field of battle... Poor Elisabetta took to the tower room and bolted the door. I had men trying to break it down right up until... I know, father. I know you did all you could. The king lowered his head, perhaps to hide the rush of tears into his clouded blue eyes. Tell me what I can do to ease your grief. Vlad thought about that. Thought about it hard. Rhiannon was no ordinary woman, but a former priestess of Isis and daughter of Pharaoh. She was skilled in the occult arts, and she had told Vlad that he would find Elisabetta again. She had foreseen it, in five hundred years' time, if he could live that long. What she hadn't promised was that Beta would be the same woman he had loved and lost, or that she would remember him and love him again. There is something I can do for you the king said softly. I can see it in your eyes. Speak it, my son, and it shall be done, whatever it is. Vlad met his father's eyes and felt love for the man. True love, though the king was not his true father. I cannot let them bury her. Not yet. I need you to send our finest riders upon our fastest mounts, father. Send them out into the countryside to gather the most skilled sorcerers, diviners, wizards, and witches in the land. I don't care what it takes. I must have them here before my beloved is put into the cold ground. The king looked worriedly into his eyes. My son, you must know that even the most skilled magician won't be able to bring her back. Buried or not, she resides among the dead now. He nodded once, closed his eyes against that probing, caring stare. I know that, father. I only need to be sure she's at peace. But the priest... His prayers are not enough. I want to be sure. Please, father. You said you would do anything to ease my pain. This shall ease it, if anything can. The king nodded firmly. Then it shall be done. And father, until they come, keep everyone from here. And even then, let them in only by night. The old man was used to Vlad's nocturnal nature by now. He nodded, and Vlad knew the promise would be kept. The king left, and Vlad drew his blood-stained sword, 
then stood between the beer and the chapel door. When the sun rose, he barred the door, drew a tapestry from the wall, and wrapped himself in it. When the sun set again, he was forced to lay the fabric over Elizabeth's body, or witness it began to change with the ravages of death. And before the third night was through, the scent of death and decay hung heavy on the air. But finally, at midnight of the third night, the chapel doors opened again, and several men entered. No women were among them. They entered in a rush of wind, dressed in dull white traveling robes of wool for the most part, though one wore a finer fabric in rich, russet tones, its edges embroidered with a pattern of twisting green vines. They all dropped to one knee, bowing low before him. The one in the brown said, My prince, we came as rapidly as we could manage. Our hearts are heavy with grief at the loss of the princess. Yes, he said. Rise, I need your help. The men looked at one another nervously. There were five, he saw now. Locals mostly, though one appeared to be from the east, and another was Moorish in appearance. We are honored if we can be of service, the apparent spokesman said. But I know not what we can do. Against death, even we are powerless. He nodded and thought of Gilgamesh, the legendary king of Sumer. His own desperate search for the key of life had resulted in the creation of an entire race, the undead, vampires. Like Vlad and Rhiannon and so many others. But it had never resulted in the great king's dear friend Enkidu returning from death. Maybe, Vlad thought, his own quest was just as mad, but he had to try. I do not ask you to conquer death. Only to ensure that when I find her again, I will know her, and that she will know me. And remember, and love me again. The magicians and sorcerers frowned, seeking understanding in each other's faces. A powerful seer has told me that the princess will return to me in another lifetime. But it will be in the distant future. But, my liege, you would be aged, and she but an infant. That's not your concern, saucer. I want only to ensure that when she does return, and reaches a decent age, she will remember all that came before, that she will be the woman she was in this lifetime. Can you or can you not fulfill this request? One man began to whisper to another, and Vlad caught the words unnatural and immoral, but the man in brown held up a hand to silence them. Then he approached Vlad slowly, cautiously, and at last he nodded. We can and we shall, my liege. Go, get sustenance, rest. She'll be safe in our care, I promise you. Vlad gazed at the shape beneath the tapestry. No longer his Elisabetta, but a shell that had formerly held her essence. He looked at the men again. Do not fear to try. It is a lot I ask of you. I give my word. I will not exact punishment should you fail, so long as you do the very best you can. On her memory, I vow it to you. 
The men bowed deeply, and he glimpsed relief on their faces. Truly, Vlad was not known for his mercy or understanding. He left them to their work. But he didn't rest, and he didn't feed. He couldn't. Not until he knew. <laughs>